0: Hey guys, DJ here. This is a disclaimer. Applied Materials is a 100% non-profit, fan-made project set within the Orpheus Protocol game system. The Orpheus Protocol is an actual play podcast and tabletop role-playing game system created by Rob Stith and published by Varkalak Press. If you would like to know more, please check out the main podcast at www.orpheusprotocol.com and patreon.com slash orpheusprotocol if you'd like to show more support for the main podcast. Thank you for your time, and please enjoy the following episode. Welcome to Applied Materials, an Orpheus Protocol actual play podcast. My name is DJ and I will be your host for tonight. On the cast list for our journey into the unknown, Paxton as Elias Manusos, Katie as Axel Anderberg. Tonight's episode, Quarantine Part 1. Quarantine contains violence, strange vaccines, body horror, and a cruel twist of fate. Consider this your warning. Previously on Applied Materials, a plane crash, a shattered town. Two Orpheus operatives, Elias Minusos and Axel Anderberg, found themselves amidst chaos and death having failed their mid-air mission to keep virologist Anton Rubinov alive. Their rescue comes swiftly and they are bundled into an air transport to be taken to safety. Where their wild ride goes however, no one knows. Where we last left off, the two of you were on a plane back to the United States of America. A lot of time has passed since the two of you stepped on that plane in Mirny. The both of you have been through a lot, especially since, well, the two of you were in the plane crash and you survived. And that has put a real heavy toll on your physical well-being. So it comes as no surprise that the both of you pass out almost immediately on the plane. And when both of you wake up, You find yourselves in hospital rooms. These look to be individual rooms. You don't see either. You don't see each other. But you are in a bed. Hmm. There is an IV hooked up to your arm, along with a blood pressure cuff, a little oxygen pro clipped to your finger, a heart rate monitor, among other things, beeps softly in the background. There is a pretty big window that has curtains pulled over it. Other things you see in the room... There's a little coffee table, a chair, and a little enclosed bathroom. There's also a TV monitor mounted in a corner of the ceiling, a bookshelf that is currently empty. And as both of you wake up, I want to know who wants to wake up
1: first. Ooh, uh, I can go first if you'd like.
2: Given the state that, that uh, Elias is in, like I feel like Axel would wake up earlier. Like, I'm not sure exactly what was going on with him, but...
1: Yeah, that does seem also potentially more dramatically fun.
2: Yeah, because then the suspense of what's happening.
1: Axel, describe to me how you wake
0: up.
2: His eyes open, kind of blink, notices that this is very much not where he last was. There's kind of a blip of consciousness that there was a disconnect that really shouldn't have existed. He notices he doesn't seem to be in immediate danger, especially, you know... Bright white hospital lights, presumably, is able to sit up and like try to see what's going on. And I think that Axel's doing the same types of processing, trying to figure out what was going on that I was doing, trying to remember what the last episode was. Um, which is that he's piece by piece recalling. Oh shit! Wow, there was there was something very wrong with my companion uh, before I blacked out and. I think he's going to try and find his phone.
0: You pat yourself all over trying to find your phone. And you realize that you aren't wearing the clothes that you were wearing back on that plane when it crashed. You're wearing a clean set of hospital scrubs. A rather comfortable cotton shirt. Pants kind of loose. Your phone is not on your person.
2: Are there any windows in this room? Like do I see any light coming in or?
0: Yes, there is a rather big window to your left. It is currently covered by curtains.
2: I think I'm going to try to get up and go to the curtains. Also, is there anything else like a convenient little stack of personal belongings and a bag in a corner? Presumably not, right?
0: There is an end table next to your bed, like a little cabinet, a footlocker, essentially.
2: Can I open it?
0: You reach down, tug on the door. It's unlocked. You open it and you see your original clothes folded up neatly in a little pile. And the phone? You presume your phone is in your jeans pocket. And so you separate your shirt from your jeans, pat it around, try to find the pocket, and you find your phone.
2: Moment of truth. I click on it. Does it have charge?
0: You tap on the phone, and you can see that it is still charged. However, it is actually running out of charge. It's probably on its last 10%.
2: Okay, do I have any messages that are unread? Anything like that? Do I have connection?
0: You do have a connection, actually, but you don't have any missed calls or unread messages.
2: Okay, I think I'm going to... Oh, wait, time? I guess I'm not sure if I'm in the same time zone I was before. I'm also not sure how much time passed.
0: Most definitely not. As you unlock your phone and take a swipe through your apps, get settled, check the time, see, where, see, whether, you've got, see whether you've got a data connection and roaming. You notice that it is somewhere in the mid-morning. You're connected to an American time zone, specifically, specifically mountain time. Ooh. And when you check your, and and when you turn on your location services to figure out where you are, and when you turn on your location service to figure out where you are, your GPS pin puts you somewhere near the absolutely tiny town of Monarch, Montana.
2: Pretty decent name. I think Axel very much approves. So location established, time established. Can I do some mental math about, like, roughly how much time has passed since I saw weird creepy crawlies underneath Eliza's skin?
0: It's been roughly a day ish since you left Russia, at least as far as you can remember. Maybe slightly more than a day.
2: Lovely. Uh, well, all that established. Uh, Axel is going to try and open the door to his. Uh, little room and see if we can see with someone in the hallway
0: as you swing your legs off the bed the door actually opens and you see a woman walk in she is clad in typical nurse's scrubs blouse pants rubber shoes she's got a clipboard and she's got a pen in her hand a rather stark looking black watch on the other and she sees you sitting up out of bed axel and she says Oh, um, Mr. Anderberg, you're awake. Very good. Um, could you sit right there, please? I would like to take your vitals before you um, do anything.
2: Sure. Uh, I, I think Axe is going to have a big smile. And after that, um, would you be the person I would ask about um, why I'm here?
0: Well, I mean, wasn't it obvious you were being taken for treatment in a, well, <laughs> in a black site? I mean, isn't that why we're all here? Or at least that's why I was told that both of you were brought here.
2: And, uh, it was both of us, right? Um, how's, how's Elias doing?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's both of you. Uh, Elias is in the other room,
2: right next to yours. Sure, vitals, then we can talk about things.
0: She nods, and she sort of clamps the clipboard underneath one of her arms as she moves over to you. She's got a little pen torch that she takes out of her left pocket, shines into both of your eyes, just checking your pupil dilation response rate. She takes your blood pressure, checks your pulse, your blood oxygen saturation, checks the IV to see that it's running fine, writes all of this down on her clipboard, and then she says, Well, looks like you're in tip-top shape. I honestly can't explain why, but maybe our doctor will have a better idea for you. But I think after your friend wakes up and Dr. Hirsch comes around to review you, I think he might want to take you off this IV, and then you can walk around this facility and maybe even check on your friend.
2: Have you, has anything strange been found in his uh, results? Is he fine or?
0: You can see her face fall a little. And she says, we did some preliminary blood work and, well, the answer is a little complicated. But short answer, yes, we did find some stuff in your friend's blood. Not the good kind. As of right now, we're not entirely sure how that's going to play with his genetic structure. but." That's why we've got him under observation.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for telling me this. Um, I'll look forward to the doctor's visit.
0: The nurse nods, and she walks right out of the room. The door closes, and you're left alone. It's quiet, and it feels peaceful, at least. More peaceful than where you were. Elias, you wake up to a lance of pain shooting through your body from the top of your neck all the way down to the bottom of your spine.
1: You feel like shit. Elias' eyes fly open and um, for a second, the entirety of his eyes like, glows red before it returns back to normal human eyes. You feel like
0: absolute ass. Like You feel like you've been trampled over by several dozen people at once. Everything hurts. You can feel a coughing fit well up at the back of your throat. And as the first coughs start to rack your body, you can feel a light spatter of blood coming from your nose Mm -hmm. you're not in good shape and that is around the time when the nurse walks into your room and she sees you just coughing your lungs out into your hands and there's just blood lightly flecking the palms of your hands and she rushes over grabs a few sheets of paper napkin from the bathroom stall and and she's right by your bedside and she says oh no, uh, lie back, lie back, please. Let me take care of this. She lightly and gently pushes you back down onto the bed and tilts your head backwards while holding the tissue papers just against your face and your nose.
1: Hmm. Uh, Elias says, normally my pride would not let me do that, but why does everything hurt so much?
0: Well, you were in a plane crash, Mr. Manusos. Not to mention the horrible viral infection that's just rampaging through your bloodstream right now.
1: Oh, right. That old thing. Elias says, um, have you been able to identify what's going on? Ah.
0: As she's removing these tissues from your face to check on the bleeding from your nose, which has thankfully stopped, she replies, not right now. We're still running some preliminary blood tests and genetic markers and all that, we're still trying to figure out what exactly is going on inside of you, but suffice to say, it's definitely not looking good. I don't know what you managed to contract back there and wherever it is you came from, but it's bad. The doctors already have you on a regimen of antibiotics, the most powerful ones we can get, so. We're still crossing our fingers, hoping that whatever it is that's in your system, we can clean it out and maybe treat you and you and your friend can go home in tip-top shape. Dr. Hirsch will be round soon, now that he knows the both of you are awake.
1: Oh, good. <clears throat> is, is Axel sick too? Oh, Axel's
0: fine. He is in the room behind you. Oh, okay. The both of you were in pretty critical state when you were first here, but Axel's just bounced back almost miraculously. I'm not quite sure why, but I don't know. It, it, it's still too early to tell. In the meantime, you should get some rest. Um, I'll have one of
1: my colleagues bring you some water. Yes, something to drink does sound... <clears throat> does it? That sounds good. And also, I was informed that the both
0: of you are... And she raises both her hands to her mouth and does the little gesture with both of her index fingers to mime having fangs. <laughs> <laughs> my god. We've already taken that into account, and so... During your regular mealtimes, we'll be giving you only the freshest from the blood bank.
1: Oh, good. Um, I don't suppose you have any information about the donors? I am, uh, sometimes I get a little picky. She smiles.
0: Uh, Do you have a preference on blood type?
1: Uh, not blood type. Uh, life experience. Especially if you have any, uh, donations from, um, virologists or, uh, experts in the, the field of uh microbiology that would be nice god damn it you fucking metigamer i see what you're trying to do Paxton hey I will argue for Axel to make every luck check possible and for me to get blood from people that I can uh possess.
0: The problem here Elias is that you're the one that's asking not Axel so you're gonna have to roll this luck check. Okay. Oh that is a plus two. The nurse raises an eyebrow at your oddly specific request and writes down that onto her clipboard, and she says, Well, I'm not quite sure if we have any virologists on staff. Well, at least not here. But I can make a few calls and see whether we can cater to your specific meal needs,
1: Mr. Manusovs. Don't go out of your way. Just thought it might be helpful to... Uh, I don't know. More minds on the case. She nods like she knows exactly what you're talking about. As if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, as if that makes complete sense. Considering that she just told you that she knows you're a vampire. She then does the whole rigmarole of checking your vitals, looking at the heart rate monitor, checking your IV, and making sure the antibiotics are running. And she then says, well, everything appears to be in order. Just give me a few minutes and talk to her. She'll be on his way.
1: All right. Uh, thank you. What, would, what was your name again? Uh, my name is Eleanor Barnes. And she
0: points to her little name tag that you can see says E Barnes. B-A-R-N-E-S. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Ms. Barnes. Uh, my pleasure. We hope you enjoy your stay. And she gives you sort of a wry grin.
1: <laughs> Elias just smiles weakly, and closes his eyes again, takes a deep breath, and regrets it immediately. A few minutes pass,
0: and then you see a figure appear in the shadows framed by the curtains in front of both of your windows. The same nurse from before walks in and pulls the curtains away from the windows to reveal a man. He's dressed in a lab coat that is open. He's also wearing a rather... Intense-looking Hawaiian button-up shirt, uh, beige slacks, and shoes. He's got a small tablet in one hand, and he is busy tapping away at the tablet when he sees the curtains open. And his voice filters in from the speakers in corners of the room that you can't quite see where they are. It's very clear, but he says, Ah, good morning. The both of you are awake. How are you feeling, both of you?
1: Terrible.
2: Perfectly fine.
1: Oh, lucky bastard.
0: Good, good. My name is Dr. Alexander Hirsch. I will be your main doctor during your stay here. We have already begun a preliminary round of antibiotic treatment for the both of you, considering the viral contagion that is currently in both of your bloodstreams. However, we are conducting some tests as to why the same contagion within both of your blood is affecting the both of you differently. As you can no doubt tell, Axel is in fighting fit shape, while Elias, you are, well, significantly worse for
2: wear. I think Axel's furrowing his brows. I don't know if they're both visible through the window or whatever's going on, but I don't think Axel had realized that he actually had in his system too.
0: Both of your rooms are next to each other, but you don't have a window that peeks into the other room. So it's pretty much both of your windows are out facing the hallway.
1: Ah, okay. Dr.
0: Hirsch takes a look at his tablet again, and then he says, Just so the two of you know, we are not going to segregate your treatment plans in any way, shape, or form. Because the both of you have been infected with the same contagion, we will be testing out our cures on the both of you. Anything that we synthesize will come straight from your blood. We will be checking for antibodies regularly, and we will not... Especially change either of your treatment plans because we want to make sure that if something works, it should work for the both of you. If you are curious as to where you exactly are, we are in a black site near Monarch, Montana. It is as far away and as quiet as a secret Orpheus recovery and treatment facility can be.
2: Uh, excuse me. Um, actually, can they hear us through the... Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I was wondering, um, have there been any visible signs of the infection on me except for, you know, fast recovery? Though, you know, I kind of do that on my own sometimes. It's kind of a thing.
0: Yes, I am acutely aware of both you and Elias's rather rare circumstances. So I am fully cognizant of the fact that you can rapidly heal. However, when you were initially brought in, You did not display any outward signs of infection. Your friend, on the other hand, we had to secure him. He was in the middle of a moderately intense seizure as he was being carted in. That's why all my muscles are sore.
2: Before I passed out, I thought I saw something crawling underneath my buddy's skin over there. Have you all been able to figure out what that was?
0: Dr. Hirsch raises an eyebrow, looks down at his tablet. You can see him flipping through something. And he says, well, that was not part of our initial observations of Mr. Manusos. Can you please let me know which hand it was that you saw it in? And you recall that it was his right hand. I say as much. Dr. Hirsch nods. Elias, this is troubling. Uh-huh.
1: It is. In fact, Elias, I would like you to roll a horror check for me, please. Oh, good. The, ho- horror checks are some are like one of the only things I'm really good at. Let's see, that is, um... A rank stability with 5 willpower. Oh, uh, let me see, with A rank... I'm just going to take the... Let me see, I'm going to substitute my die roll with a plus 1. And that puts me at a 6 so far. Uh, I'm going to leave it at a 6.
0: With a 6, you pass, standing to lose 3 preventable sanity damage.
1: All right, I will spend 1 strain to do so with my... Uh, force of will.
0: Yeah, that is worrying and troubling. The last thing you remember, Elias, was when you were on that plane, you just had a huge coughing fit, and right after that, you passed out almost immediately. And so, it is real strange that your buddy Axel saw something weird happen in
1: your, well, body. Mm-hmm. At this point, Elias remembers something that might be a different uh, between their experiences. Uh, Elias says, um, uh, Axel, did you uh, drink any of the the blood from the the guy who fell out of the window? Dr. Hirsch looks up from his tablet and he says, You did what, exactly? Was trying to figure out uh, what was going on in the town. Everything had gone... Well, I'm, I'm sure that you've gotten reports uh, as Orpheus thought was relevant to... Uh, your job as it relates to our case uh and so i um i sampled some blood from a uh, newly or nearly dead person who was afflicted with something probably whatever it is that's affecting us so uh <clears throat> you might want to oh who knows how that could change and Elias just kind of like dissolves into half hysterical
0: as you're cackling through the intercom yeah Axel you hear all of this you watch as Dr. Hirsch scrolls through something on his tablet as he says yes we were given preliminary and very terse reports on what happened over in Russia there were reports of some viral infection that was going around and reanimating the dead is that correct?"
2: Sounds about right.
1: I didn't hear that part.
2: (laughs) I mean, they certainly looked zombie-like.
0: Well, that is what our ground teams were saying, at least from their initial reports. But you're telling me you drank someone's blood while you were there? Um, yes. Well, that adds an interesting variable. Thank you for letting me know.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it didn't smell like it had gone bad, like some of the other available samples that We passed up on.
2: Fresh and lively.
1: So this person whose blood you
0: drank, they were very recently deceased. I assume from some
1: means other than this contagion, correct? Massive blunt force trauma caused by falling out of a building, if I remember correctly. Falling out of a building.
0: You can hear him mumbling to himself as he is writing this down with a tablet pen.
1: From what I could tell, his emotional state immediately prior to his death was extremely heightened. Probably on account of the zombies.
0: Dr. Hirsch looks up at you, looks back down at his tablet, looks back up at you. I suppose any more information would be ill-advised, considering, well, I'm not your handler. But I suppose I can pass this information along to him. However, this does put a little damper on your treatment. Elias, because, well, you ingested someone else's blood in the last 48 hours, and we're not quite sure if that particular strain of this viral contagion is what's mutating your blood and your cells this badly. Hmm. Looks like we'll have to run a few more tests,
1: unfortunately. I love tests. I always pass them.
2: I think they're a bore.
1: Dr.
0: Hirsch gives both
1: of you a withering glare, like...
2: (laughs) Axel looking very smug.
1: Elias has closed his eyes again, and he's just trying to figure out a way to breathe without hurting.
2: Oh, before you both leave, um, would you be so kind as to get me a charger for my phones?
0: Dr. Hirsch points at you with his tablet pen, and he says, I'll make sure Miss Barnes gets right on that. Thank you very much. Anything else you need during your stay here, we will provide as best as we can. Your treatment is our priority, and your comfort is also our highest priority here. (laughs) You can see that your rooms have bookshelves. If you need any reading material, writing material, anything you want to watch, anything at all, we can provide it. All you have to do is ask. Oh, interesting.
1: Thanks, Doc. I'll get right on coming up with a reading list. I've been meaning to get around to some of these titles.
0: Dr. Hirsch nods, and he walks away. The curtains are left open or you can ask for nurse to close them. This is your choice. And I would like each of you to tell me what you're doing over the course of the week that you
1: spend here. Gosh, spending a week in the hospital sounds like absolute it's hell. Very rough.
0: Very boring.
1: Especially one where you have to, I don't know, a black site hospital where like people can't come visit you or anything.
0: Yeah, it's the, it, 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 it is pretty much the worst. You are in an isolated black site far away from civilization. Nobody's going to come visit you. And the only people you can talk to is on your phone, and probably it's your handlers.
1: Uh, I don't have my phone. My
0: phone got destroyed.
2: The phone, is that like an Orpheus-specific phone, or is it a personal phone?
0: The phone that you possess, Axel, is your Orpheus phone. Got it. One would reasonably assume that the Orpheus phone would be the same as your personal phone. It's just on an encrypted line as opposed to unencrypted when you make contact with anyone Orpheus-related. We have the technology, surely.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Then, in that case, I doubt that I had anticipated this particular excursion to take this long. So if I had been taking off of work or communicating about that, that probably is a bit out the door. So I think I'll probably be, like, checking in with people... Over in the sales department, being like, how are the deals going? What's going on? Anything I can help with? Maybe I'm like having a virtual one on one every once in a while. I'm trying to make myself useful.
0: Yeah. So, who is your department head?
2: So, the department head, I feel like it would be something really dumb. Like, maybe it's like high tech pet toys or something like that. Uh, The department head is a kind of small fellow. He's small vertically, not so much horizontally he's able to get a room laughing and talking pretty quickly and that's one of the things that has allowed him to keep morale up on the team is that he's in charge of pretty much throughout they can thin. somewhat balding on his forehead but is otherwise doesn't have anything particularly wrong with his condition he has a very broad smile and is Often at company happy hours, discussing what the best types of little tiny uh, umbrellas are that you put in the drinks. I'd say that there's like a a bar nearby that people go for happy hours, and he's a very big fan of the little umbrellas that they have there.
0: And so you've been with, and you've been on the phone and some small manner of Zoom calls with your head of sales, Armani Crawford. Who is He is almost double your age, but possesses the same youthful energy that you had when you first came into this job, and you enjoy working under him. It's not like other tech companies where everything feels so stifled and monotonous and mechanical. Armani's charm is what brought you into the company in the first place, and you have enjoyed your tenure working in sales with him. In fact, he was the one who recommended you for promotion to manager, which you managed just a couple of months ago. Yep. And as you've been talking with him on the phone over this last week, he's been regaling you of the stories that you have missed while you were away on business, or at least that's what you told him your cover story was. And in the video calls that you've been in with him, you've kept the hospital equipment out of, well, visibility.
2: I presume I've been doing some schemes to make sure that the outfits I'm wearing are changing over time, etc
0: you most definitely would have coordinated with the other Orpheus staff that are here. They would have provided you with a fresh change of civilian clothes every time someone tried to video call you because Orpheus is all about maintaining operational security and that involves helping their agents maintain their cover stories where possible. Especially since you're recuperating in a hospital bed. However, because your condition isn't so severe, by the second or third day, the nurses have already disconnected your IV. You have already presented as fit to wander around your room. And so you, you have been free to either sit on your bed or walk around the room at your leisure. It's still not clear to wander the facility hallways yet because the viral infection is still inside your bloodstream. The Dr. Hirsch has popped in every other day or so to let you know that the cure is being synthesized and the first version of it will be ready at the end of the week for testing and so in that span of time you've been you've been essentially catching up with work you've been granted access to a secure laptop that you've been able to use to connect to the internet check your mails all of that good stuff
2: nice i think every once in a while oh the intercom only connects our rooms when there's the doctor there or oh oh no you
0: you can talk to each other anytime you like
2: amazing i think that while autumn calls uh every once in a while axel will just call over to elias be like hey how's the how's the creepy crawlies
1: oh
0: (laughs) yeah elias describe to me what's been happening over this last week
1: elias has decided that the best thing for him to do is to uh turn all of his uh mental and spiritual power toward helping the doctors um and so he has been um uh, he has asked for uh a whole bunch of like uh textbooks related to uh cell biology and virology and other like relatively advanced medical and premedical books and he is um abusing possession for all that it's worth and like writing all of these notes about everything he can to uh try to insert himself into his own care and treatment team in much the way that a doctor from a reality tv show or medical drama might do he is especially uh continuing to use possession uh specifically on the blood from the the person whose blood he should not have drank, probably, in order to try to write down anything that might possibly be a symptom that that person had, so that they can try to find patterns there with two points of data instead of just one.
0: Keeping in mind that you've been using possession to help them with this, especially since you requested for... Specifically blood from a virologist or pathologist, I think I would like you to roll a knowledge virology check with your cognition, Uh following the rules that possession allows you in the terms of getting skill ranks in that particular skill.
1: Right. So uh, before we do that, would you like me to maybe roll some D3s to see how many times I have to use possession?
0: We'll say that however many times you use possession will be related to the skill check, yes. So you'll make this check first, and then I will make you roll a D-whatever to see however many times it takes for you to use possession to help the doctor here gain
1: insight on your situation. Sounds good. I just wanted to, you know... So that means with possession rank 1, I can get up to... uh, Let me see, that is 3. So a... uh, That's a C. That is a flat on the dice. My cognition is a 3. So I will spend my maximum number of possible mental strain on this to get me to a 7. Or not a 7, a 6. Sorry, down to 7 mental strain is where that number came from.
0: So I would then like you to roll a D4 to see how many times you've been using position over the week. Okay.
1: Yes. So I spent, I had to do that four times? Yep. Okay. That brings me to 70 humanity.
0: Your condition physically is not, well, great. Even though you're committed to helping the medical staff here with your own physical condition by ingesting donated blood from the appropriate types of scientists who work with these sort of things, along with helping them study the viral contagion, letting them take your blood and subjecting yourself to some physical examinations every other day or so, it's draining. Mm -hmm. You do this quite a bit, and damn near the end of the week, you are just as exhausted as when you would first arrived here. But you are starting to make some sort of progress in the study of this infection. So what you've helped the doctors to figure out is that this contagion doesn't appear to be natural in make it is man-made you learn that a russian virologist that was with the orpheus field team over there in mirny helped to already make some headway into the study of this virus and that virologist essentially figured out that the main components of this particular man-made virus were supernatural in nature something to do with the way that the virus was so quickly able to take a hold of dying cells and reanimate them, reminded the virologist of something to do with the undead. And not the undead as in zombies, the undead as in people like you, or some other rumors you've heard in Orpheus that they employ the ritualistic cannibals known as Draugr in their ranks. That general idea has given Dr. Hirsch and the medical team here a few ideas to pursue. And so they've been taking a bit more of your blood to run it against some other samples of different kinds of supernatural blood that they've collected. Running all those tests, trying to figure out maybe it is this combination or that combination that is resulting in your specific condition. And now that the end of the week rolls around, I would like the both of you to describe a connection you've made with one of the staff here. It can be the nurse, the doctors, or any of the other medical staff, or even any of the other Orpheus personnel here on the base.
1: I know what you're doing, DJ. That's mean.
2: (laughs) You said that I was free to wander where?
0: Around in
1: your room.
2: Got it. So it would only be people who come into my room or are standing in the hallway that I'd be able to have bonded with. Yep.
1: I think over the course of the week, Elias makes an effort to, to try to connect with the, the nurses and orderlies who get, like, the worst jobs. Like, helping him, like, literally helping him get to the bathroom, or if that is not feasible, changing bedpans. Or, like, rolling him over to avoid getting bed sores. Because I'm sure Elias is not in much state to actually get out of the bed, right? Your condition hasn't been getting any worse, but it also hasn't been getting any better. Right. And so between the, like, physical pain that he is in and also the number of uh, monitors and IVs and things that they need to attach to him, um, he just kind of has to stay in bed, which means that... Some of the people in this hospital have, like, extra bad jobs to do relating to him. So I think that we'll say that it's, um, oh gosh, they probably limit the, the total number of people who have contact with us, right?
0: You know that counting Dr. Hirsch and Eleanor Barnes, there are a grand total of five people that are allowed to tend to the both of you. Mm -hmm. You know that this facility has a wider medical staff, but it is these five people so far that are allowed to interact with you and
1: take care of you, as it were. So in that case, I think, yeah, Elias just like kind of starts to form a little friendship with Eleanor just by like making little like self-deprecating jokes at just the right moment. And also making vampire jokes because that seemed like something that she would be into for some reason as i indicate the little like you know fang motion that she did earlier
0: you've been basically amusing eleanor with a lot of these vampire jokes and she's been relating some dumb vampire jokes from the Hotel Transylvania animated movie series with you. Sometimes when she leaves your room, she puts the little fingers to her face that look like fangs and she sticks her tongue out at you.
1: It, it gets to the point by the end of the week where uh, we greet each other with a blah, blah, blah.
0: And the other instinctually goes, no, we do not go blah, blah, blah. And it is a very, very practiced ritual by the end of the week.
2: Yeah, I don't think that Axel quite clicked with um, Eleanor. It's just like Eleanor had a had found a friend in Elias, and they are just on the same wavelength. And Axel's being nice and like trying to be cordial, but just doesn't seem to be clicking quite as much. I think that my favorite of the nurses, such people that have been helping us, is a kind of stern fellow. I think his name is. Selim Zaybek. So, Selim is... He doesn't talk too much. And I think that part of what has made Axel so fond of him is over time slowly making, like, every little bit that he can get in terms of the slightest quiver of the mouth at one of his jokes or uh, when asking him about things. At the beginning was what made uh, Axel want to interact with him more. It was like a... It's like a puzzle of some sort. But over time, I think they get to the point where Axel probably learns a smattering of facts around Selim. Just out of nowhere, um, Axel's telling stories or making some form of grand pronouncement about something. And over time, Selim actually makes his opinions known or is like, oh yeah, I've been over to Budapest before. Not the best place. It had some very subpar, insert-specific food here at this particular cafe. Would not recommend something like that, but would say in the same deadpan voice. And I, I am just very fond of the fellow.
0: He provides a rather comedic contrast, being the straight man to your comedy, as you continuously try to get him to crack up in front of you. The most you've ever gotten out of Salim is a twitch on the corner of his mouth and uh, bemused at one of your jokes. And you consider that your greatest success so far.
2: I realized over time, too, that I think that at some point it became a bit because I can see him interacting with other people more, the people that he's like gotten to know maybe there's one other person on the staff who we went to like high school with or something like there's some connection there but I, i i have seen the forbidden fruit i know that it is possible to have a connection with this dude and i am i am gunning for it
0: why don't you roll me a presence check with your charisma
2: presence check with my charisma oh boy five for charisma and i have well i guess plus five and then I'll deal with the special skills that I have because I have a certain rank in that. I'm going to make that a 7 because I feel strongly about this man.
0: All right. It comes as a surprise to you when near the end of the week, as Dr. Hirsch is preparing you for the first administration of this cure, it is probably close to dinner time. And Dr. Hurst has just finished telling the both of you to be prepared. Tomorrow morning is going to be pain because that is when they're going to trial this first iteration of the cure on you. And so to be prepared for that, you have been allowed a little treat. Any meals that you want to be prepared for you have been done so. Considering the both of you are vampires, that means, well, most likely some form of game of thrones inspired blood pie but instead of pig's blood it's human blood the thought briefly crosses the both of your minds as to the logistics of having to make something out of human blood especially food i think the thought of the tv show hannibal briefly crosses either or both of your minds but you pay it no mind in the end axel as you are essentially being served you have your meal and as you watch Salim place this slice of blood pie down in front of you, he doesn't make any sort of facial expression or motion that would be otherwise out of character for him. But as he's walking back to the door of your room, he turns to you and he says, I hope that this is your type. And he leaves.
2: Uh, Axel is quite amused. And I, I think I was just like, Quite the grin on his face. It's just like, wow, there's something going on there. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a way that that could be sinister, if that was like his way of being like, oh, this is poisoned and like the blood type will clash with yours and you will die. Or if he was just being nice, because I, I, I like to say that was just being nice. I did okay in that role.
0: With your presence checked, you feel that this was purely a joke and that all of the ribbing and prodding at his sense of humor that you've done over the past week has finally
2: borne fruit
0: yes borne fruit in the form of a single blood related pun
2: and this makes me proud i start to dig in on the blood pie because i mean there's a blood pie
0: it is absolutely satisfyingly delicious the night rolls over into day the morning comes the day of the test is nigh dr hirsch taps on both of your windows, and as the two of you wake up, he greets you and says, Good morning, Elias, Axel. I don't think I need to remind you, but today's the day that we test out our cure on both of you, so unfortunately, I can't predict the amount of pain or general discomfort that will result from this, but needless to say, all of our medical staff are at hand just in case something happens. I just need the both of you to understand that this is still the first iteration of the cure. It might not work completely at eradicating this viral contagion that is in your bloodstream. I need you to understand this. And whenever you're ready, you let us
1: know and we will begin. Shall we? May as well. I'm not going to get more ready if we wait. Let's do this. Dr. Hirsch
0: nods and... He holds a hand to his ear, and you hear him saying, "All right, Salim, Eleanor, it's time." Axel, you watch as Salim enters your room. He is carrying a small kidney dish with a syringe in it, along with a pair of gloves and a cotton swab. Elias, you see Eleanor walking into your room carrying the same thing. The both of them take positions next to you, but facing the big window in your rooms. So essentially, they are both sitting on. The side of you that isn't blocking Dr. Hirsch from seeing you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They both fill the syringes at the same time with a strange fluid from a small glass vial. They both tap the syringe to ensure that there are no air bubbles. And both of them take position by your side. Elias, you see Eleanor ready to inject the whatever this thing is into your IV bag. While Axel, you see... Salim connects the syringe, sans a needle, to the IV cannula that is in your arm. Dr. Hirsch sees that the both of them are ready. He gives them a nod, and the both of them inject the two of you with this cure. And now I would like both of you to roll me an endurance check with your vitality, please. And this is at a minus one, because... Well, this is trying to treat something that is already inside of you, and oh my god, it hurts. I
1: thought I had endurance. (laughs) I don't. That's good. Well, no, endurance is not really something you can get, you can, like, rationalize from possession, is it?
2: This is vitality-based?
1: Yes. Vitality is a three, and I'm getting... Ooh, ooh, plus three on the dice, though. Oh my gosh. Oh, I need that, though. I don't have endurance, and my vitality is three. And so that puts me at a five. I can spend a maximum of one strain on this, which I will, because I have a feeling that's important. That brings me to a six. Okay.
2: Mine was a five.
0: All right. You both pass, and you won't take any physical damage from this injection. However, I would like the both of you now to roll a horror check as the effects of the cures
1: start to take hold.
2: That'd be great.
1: I'm going to try my reroll. Oh, I guess I'll keep my first result then. Plus one on the dice. I have five willpower. I'm still pretty okay on spiritual strain. But also, do I need to get more than six on this? No, I'm going to keep a six. That seems like a good number for me. Also, it's not like I'm looking at the face of God, so I shouldn't need to bring it up to a nine.
2: I've got three willpower and I was flat on the dice. Okay, going to ignore that that happened and just get a lovely six with some strain put in there.
0: So the both of you pass. Axel, you stand to lose three sanity damage. Elias, you stand
1: to lose five. And Elias, I would like you to roll me a breakdown check. Ooh, uh, just for the record, I am spending two spiritual strain to prevent all of that damage. And rolling it breakdown that yeah, flat breakdown. Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh, whoopsie, I rolled a minus two. Let me double check that I don't have any abilities that mess with this.
0: Nope, got a minus two. Axel, it feels like your typical antiviral injection. There is a pronounced cold feeling that travels up your arm. And then your arm starts getting sore almost like it is a pronounced muscle ache that is just spontaneously developing in your shoulder and your upper arm you can feel your muscles twitch ever so slightly as this strange antiviral takes hold and you go through a pain-induced coughing fit as lances of pain just shoot through your body up and down your spine but the pain itself is bearable and manageable and it almost feels like your skin is burning But you manage to hold it together quite well, and this strange pain and uncomfortable feeling lasts about a minute, two minutes, two and a half, you're not too sure. But it does eventually subside. Elias, as Eleanor pushes the antiviral into your IV line, you can see it almost instantly take effect, and you follow the progress of the fluid, even though it is clear. You estimate where it is going down the IV line and into your arm. The moment it makes contact with, you presume, your blood vessels, you can see every single vein in your arm just pop out and seethe and writhe and crawl like worms under your skin. You hear Eleanor gasp as she takes a step or two backwards away from you as probably the worst pain you've ever felt takes a hold of your entire body soon all of your veins are like this up and down your neck down your other arm your legs even your face and it feels like your core is on fire and the pain is so intense and unbearable Your your body starts to uncontrollably cease you go into a fit and dr hirsch sees this and axel you hear him calling for more medical staff and you can see down the hallway outside of your room a bunch more people running down the hallway towards what you presume is Elias' room. Elias, you black out. You are not cognizant of what happens next. But when you next come to, you are bathed in a cold sweat. Your arms and legs have been bound by the wrists to the bed frame with fabric restraints. And when you open your eyes you can see Eleanor standing above you. She has a rather worried look on her face, but she sees that you are coming too. And she says, Oh, thank God you're awake. Uh,
1: how, <coughs> how long was I out? Oh, that was awful.
0: The last few hours, you passed out immediately after you had that seizure. You had to tie your pants and wrists down so you didn't fling any equipment across the room. She gestures the restraints. But if you're feeling a little better,
1: um, we can take those off. Um. I think I'm feeling better, but uh, maybe next time we should put these on before the next injection.
0: I'll make a note of that. Are you feeling better in any way? No, for a fact, that you aren't feeling better, but you're not exactly feeling worse. But it does feel like something inside of you has changed
1: somewhat. I feel uh, different. Maybe it's that I feel better, but also. You know, the after effects of the seizure. Uh, we'll have to... I mean, you're the professional. You know we should probably do a thorough workup, not just ask my subjective opinion. Uh,
0: yes, that is kind of why I was here. I need to take your blood again. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Your friend Axel is also being subjected to the same thing. I think Salim's over there taking his blood right now. Um, is Did he have a similar reaction? Uh, no, let me... And you can see her quickly glance over to a clipboard. He
1: looked fine. He complained of some arm pain, but that was it, I think. I think that's normal. Isn't that normal for injections, though? That's probably. Axel's probably fine. Yeah,
0: Axel's probably fine. Um, Now, this might hurt. And she takes a syringe and very expertly slides it into a vein on your other arm where there isn't his IV line. And she draws blood into a vacuum tube. And as she finishes filling up, what looks like four of these tubes. She shakes one of them to perhaps mix the blood with some of the anticoagulant that sits within this particular colored tube. And she looks at it for a while, uh, holding it up to the light just to see if everything's okay. And then you hear her gasp and watch her drop the vial into the kidney dish she's holding. And she's holding a hand to her mouth like something just immediately surprised her. Do I have worms inside me? Um, I... Oh, I, I, I think in all my years as a nurse, I've never seen someone's blood like this before. And she picks up the vial that she had shook and shows you. As she holds it up to the light, you can see that, well, your blood is seething and roiling inside this vacutainer.
1: Oh, the lab is not going to be happy with that.
0: No, they are not.
1: That, that's going to get hemolyzed in like 20 minutes. Then they're going to ask you to redraw. Sorry, I can't... Hmm. I may have worked in a lab for a couple of years.
0: (laughs) I mean, yes, but also I would be more worried about the text getting this on them. Your blood's alive. And I don't mean in the typical human way. This is not normal.
1: Uh, They're going to need so much specialized PPE. Oh, God. Uh, She then puts the vacutainer
0: back into the kidney dish and she says... Well, I mean, there's not much else for me to do. I think Salim's taken blood from your friend Axel already. If all goes according to plan, well, we hope feasibly that we'll have a second version of this cure by the end of next week, or at least we hope. Uh, In the meantime, these blood samples will be taken to see how well the cure has worked initially, and then we'll take another blood test sometime in the middle of next week.
1: Excellent. Thank thank you for uh, keeping me in the loop. I... Need to think.
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as we work for a secret organization and all of the stuff that we work with is strange, I mean, we're still taking care of people at the end of the day. Right. People. That's what I signed up for.
1: Uh, Elias just kind of gives one of those smiles that everyone who sees can tell does not want to be a smile. And he closes his eyes.
0: All right. Axel, you've heard scattered bits of this conversation. Coming through the walls, but obviously, most of it is too soft for you to tell. But you figure that Elias was in some manner of trouble.
2: Was my blood draw fine?
0: As Salim pulls the needle from your arm, he checks all of the little vacutainers containing your blood and he nods to himself and he looks at you and he says, This blood will be tested, but it appears to be fine. Thank you. You are not in too much distress, I gather.
2: I think your uh, pie pun is enough to sustain me for quite some time.
0: He nods. Good. Please let me know if I can be of any other assistance to you. Otherwise, I need to take these samples to the lab. Toodles. He does not respond as he turns rather stiffly on a heel and makes his way to the door. As the day turns into night, you are both given something to eat and soon night falls The lights in your rooms dim to simulate, well, night falling. Axel, how are you sleeping tonight? What's going through your mind?
2: I think not knowing exactly what's going on with the blood next door is worrisome. I mean, I haven't been able to see Elias this entire time. And we hadn't spent all that much time together, even though we did go through some traumatic experiences. So it's a bit surreal still to be hearing about his struggles right next door. And feeling the experience of the um, of the blood reacting like that, or I don't know if the blood was reacting exactly, but there was that sensation, I think was just another, oh yes, you are actually infected. You are not just hunky-dory right now. So I think he's got some things on his mind. I think at some point he probably would have tried to call out to Elias before bed and be like, just ask what was going on, if things were okay, overheard some things. and. After whatever conversation happens, probably try to sleep as best you can. So pretty decent. Pretty good at compartmentalizing.
0: All right. Elias, there comes a little static noise from the intercom between your room and Axel's room. Mm. And you hear Axel come over the intercom.
2: Hey, uh, just checking in. Heard some commotion earlier. Are you, are you okay? What's going on?
1: Oh, I'm... Uh just hunky dory um you know normal things like uh, uh my my blood is crawling around inside of the tube and um maybe i can never leave this room in case i ever get hurt and my blood spills out and consumes the earth you know normal things
2: you know just normal sunday problems
1: <laughs> is that is that what day it is <laughs> uh normal Sunday problems.
2: Regular Sunday bloodbath.
1: That's the name of my favorite band.
2: I think that we end up finding that band, people of our kind. It ends up working out.
1: You know, you're the um first person I have met with uh our condition who wasn't um either directly evil or enthralled to someone who, I mean, I guess evil is a relative term, isn't it? Like, it's all subjective. But you know, like... The, the selfishness that people can exert when they have that much power. It, it's been nice working with you.
2: I, it's been nice working with you as well. I think you're maybe a tad too quick to be, have a positive opinion of people, but I will take it.
0: <laughs> uh, fair. And as the two of you bid each other goodnight, Elias, what part of your body has changed? Now that this serum has been applied underneath the covers.
1: Have you ever like really looked at diagrams of like bat musculature? The important detail is that um, the the structure that um, like lets bats actually like control what position and shape their wings are in is um, it's analogous to the hands or paws of other mammals. And so they basically have just like super long finger bones that then have the, the webbing between them. And I think um, in the dark, uh, like the, the dim room, uh, like the camera pans down and we see that the first like two fingers on his left hand have kind of elongated in a way that is reminiscent of a bat's wing. They're not like absurdly long. Uh, yet, but they are uh, unsettling to look at.
0: You sort of vaguely feel this change in your hand as you fall asleep. It feels strange and weird, like someone's put a glove over your fingers, but that glove is your skin and bones as they change and shift underneath your skin. And you drift off into a deep, Dreamless sleep. At least, you figure, when you're sleeping, you won't be able to feel any more changes that come. This has been Applied Materials, and Orpheus Protocol actual play podcast. A warm thanks to our players tonight. Paxton for playing Elias. Katie for playing Axel. Be sure to follow the show at Applied Mats on Twitter, and we will return in the next episode. Good night. Elias and Axel continue to endure their treatments in the quiet Orpheus facility. But as their recovery looms on the horizon, fate deigns to rear its ugly head. Next time on Quarantine Part Two.